Good morning. Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. Uh, pleasant to see all of you this morning after a long while. And I'm uh, blessed and inspired seeing the youth team lead the worship service. Now I'm a bit jealous. I wish one Sabbath I could uh, uh, have you guys worship with us in the afternoon and lead the worship service. That would be wonderful. Thank you for leading the worship service. It's always good to see young people leading the worship service. Uh, Brother John, it gives you some sort of peace, knowing that, you know, the next generation will be here after we are gone. And uh, to see them uh, does so well really brings us closer to the Lord. Thank you, guys. This morning, I was tasked to preach in the book of Joshua. Uh, reason being is this. The things that are going on right now, you may agree with me, are unprecedented. Things that we haven't seen before during our lifetime. By this time, you and I are aware of what's going on around us. And we, we would like to glean some wisdom from the Bible. Gather some instructions. How do we go about as we face the last days of Earth's history? And there are many of those in the Bible, one of which is found in the book of Joshua. Here, it is a transition period from the leadership of Moses. Now it was handed over to Joshua. And you know the story very well, I am very sure. And here is the record uh, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all this, these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. Think for a moment what's going on in this narrative. And look closely at these few hundreds of thousands of people anxious to cross the Jordan River, looking over the promised land. What could have been going on in their heads? The trusted leader is gone, Moses. And now here is this Joshua novice. Sure, he was the assistant of Moses, but could we really trust him? Will he be able to lead us through this final phase of our journey into the promised land? Here, the Lord has instructed them something that are essential so that they'll be able to cross safely into the Jordan River. And they did so. The first thing Joshua did, after the instructions of the Lord from verse 1 up to verse 9, Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. And this is the first thing Joshua did, just like this is the first ever command that Joshua gave to the people, get your provisions ready. I call this, as we prepare to cross the Jordan River and eternity, to refill. Or if you will, in Singaporean language, to top up. You and I has been through several studies prior to your baptism. As you were trying to learn about Jesus and probably about the doctrine of the Seventh-day Adventist Church regarding the last days and so on and so forth. But just like many Seventh-day Adventist Christians, there come a time that you just lose 
the gusto. We just lose the, the, the appetite to keep reading the Bible and to discover more, to dig a little deeper. And now, you know, many Adventists think and believe that they are well-educated regarding the Bible, that they need not go any further or any deeper. One thing Joshua did prior to the crossing of the Jordan River was to tell the Israelites, Hey, you guys, you should start to get your provisions ready. The journey may be long. Do we have enough of the provisions? Have we prepared enough? Have we refilled our spirituality so that when the going gets tough, we can dig a little deeper and there's something that we can dig a little deeper? And this is biblical, my dear brothers and sisters, because you may remember the story of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 25. It represents the church as the church was waiting for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the church is described into being the ten virgins, five being wise, five being foolish. What makes the wise wise and what, what makes the foolish foolish is not the location because they are on the same location apparently on the church. Not on the theology, because apparently they have the same understanding that Jesus Christ would come. And so they are all awaiting. Not really on the manner by which they were waiting, because all of them fell asleep. Both the, the wise and the foolish. But what makes the wise wise and what makes the foolish foolish is that when the waiting gets a little longer... And the groom has not come. The Bible tells us, and Jesus Christ was very clear on this, this, which, this is what's going to happen in the last days while people are waiting for the groom to come. They will be in the right place, at the right location, at the right time, with the right intention. It's just that not all of them will have the extra oil. See, all of them has the oil at one point. But when the waiting gets a little longer and the coming of the groom was lingering, the wise apparently has the extra oil. They have the reserve. Now, my brothers and sisters, it's high time for you to think about this. Do you have reserve? Or are you running empty right now? Barely getting by. Just, you know, limping through the journey. Not knowing whether or not you will be able to make it. Joshua knew what it takes to finish the journey, and that is to refill, to top up, to have something extra so that you'll be able to get going. Another thing that we notice from this narrative is this. The instruction of Joshua goes on. He said, but to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them. You remember that these two tribes, two and a half tribes, are to settle in the eastern side of Jordan and they are not to cross because that's their inheritance. But Joshua reminded them, hey, you guys, your fighting men, your men will be crossing with us. Your wives, your livestock, your children can stay here. But your fighting men must go with us until the Lord gives them rest. As he has done for you and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, 
you may go back and occupy your own land. What are we, what are we getting from all of this? Let me propose, uh, first one is to refill. Number two is to reinforce. The two and a half tribes of Reuben, Gadites, and Manasseh could have settled and say, well, guys, it's your turn. We are right now settled and we are okay. But Joshua commanded them, all your fighting men must cross with the rest of the Israelites and you must protect them, you must help them, you must defend them. COVID pandemic has exposed the most vulnerable among us. We must reinforce our people. They're probably fellow church members who may not be doing well in their businesses or probably having some psychological or emotional traumas and problems because of, you know, being cooped up in your houses and all these limitations and able to go anywhere else. My brothers and sisters, you need to look out for your K-group members, for our church members, for our people, the elderly, where those who we are pushing in the wheelchair, where are they right now? Are they okay? Do they have enough food? Are there someone praying for them or at least talking to them or visiting them? We cannot go on our own thinking that at least we are settled and we are okay and we, we can weather through this pandemic. We have enough reserve. It is high time as we are going through this crisis and about to cross the Jordan River to reinforce those who are most vulnerable among us. The elderly, the poor, the least, the lost, and the last must be attended in this church. We must ensure that all of us will be able to get through this crisis, to cross the Jordan safely. It is high time to go back again to our record book and see who are the people we are not seeing anymore. Are they okay? Call them, text them, visit them. Let them know that they belong to a church that reinforces, that they are never alone that they are never going through this journey by themselves. Then what they did was this. After the instruction of Joshua, they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Here, my dear brothers and sisters, is the reply and the ending of Joshua chapter 1. Let me call that a recommitment. They said, okay, whatever, just, whatever it is that you said, we will obey. Whatever it is that you have commanded, we will do. In the last days, prior to crossing to eternity, you and I must look closely into our commitment. How much am I committed to God? Am I committed to Him all the way? Are my treasures committed to Him? Are my years committed to Him? You, you accepted Him. You, you remember the time when you were baptized. And like you and I, I can recall the day when I first committed my life to Jesus Christ. I am very sure that day I'll go to heaven. Very sure. I was like, after being immersed in the river of Pagsanghan Laguna, I am sure I'll make it to heaven. I'm like, I, I feel so clean. I feel so light. I know my, my guilt and my burdens all taken away. But through the, passing, and through the passing of the days, the weeks and the months, the dirt once again accumulated. The burdens of sin continued to weigh me down. 
And, you know, there was a time, even though I'm in the ministry already, I was just like a walking dead. I need to recommit my life to the Lord. I have been so kiaso, taking care of my treasures, my health, and myself. Never walking by faith anymore. My dear brothers and sisters, if there is any part of your life today, as you anticipate eternity, that has never been committed to the Lord, it is high time for you to commit it to the Lord. Now, you know, when, when you preach like this, I understand you. I used to sit in your, in your wherever your place right now. I understand that whatever preaching is about us, preaching is what we need to do, what, what we are supposed to do, and what we are supposed to think. You, you get out of the church more stressed than before, right? You're like, ah, yeah, okay, what we need to do is what? Repeal, what else? Okay, we need to uh, reinforce, what else? Oh, yeah, we need to recommit. And you feel like, oh, Lord, help me. And you feel uh, heavier and more anxious before you come to church. I'm glad that the narrative does not end right there. What is the part of God? In these last days, let's, let us shift our focus from our performance to what is God doing for us. And probably you'll get out of this church a little happier, inspired, lighter, knowing that God is still here. What about God? Let's read from Joshua 3.10. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go. Since you have never been this way before. Sounds like our time, right? We have never been this way before. This is uncharted territory, unprecedented times. In my 20 years of being a pastor, there was never a time that the church was closed and, you know, people has to be restricted from coming to church and we do not know what will come next after all this. How are we supposed to move forward? The Lord said, you only have to follow the Ark of the Covenant. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been to this way before. God has never abandoned us to charter our own path and see which way to go and be confused and be discouraged along the way. He said, see, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. They are not going to find their ways by themselves. The Lord said, the, the, the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Before you get tomorrow, God is there. Before you get next week, God is there. Before you face the problems and the challenges of the next few months and the next few years, the Lord promises, I'll be, I'll be there ahead of you. When Moses was asking the name of God in the book of Exodus chapter 3 verse 14, Hey, hey God, you know, I need to tell the Israelite who are you. And God introduced himself as the I am that I am. In Hebrew, it means that I will be whom I will be. And that I am. I encompass the past, the present, and the future. And I am not time bound. The Lord said, when you face all these challenges and when you are about to cross the threshold of eternity, God will lead the way. You are not going to scratch your head away. Where? where Left or right? Straight or back? The Lord promises that He will lead the way. You only have to follow closely the leading of the Lord, the words of the Lord. You will be safe. 
you will get there because God will be leading you there. Now, amazing thing happens as well in verse 15. He said, when they are about to cross, now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at the town called Adam in the vicinity of Saratan, while the water flowing down the Sea of the Araba, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The river was flooded. Not only that God leads the way, God made the way. And you know, remember the song, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. I still consider myself as a young pastor. No? Probably 10, 20 more years, I would say, old already. But you know, at my age, I've seen God making the way. And I'm sure you have seen God when you face seemingly impossible and difficult situations. And probably when you, when you face the wall and simply you don't have any way to go out, God made the way for you. And it happens in the story of the Israelites it will happen also in the last day. God is a God who is able to make the way. Somehow it brings to remembrance what the first generation of Israelites experienced when they first left the Egyptian bondage 40 years ago. God opened the Red Sea. God is a God who is able to make way when there seems to be no way. And now the new generation, because most of them were killed in the wilderness, the new generation needed to see for themselves freshly in their own eyes that the God they are following and that the God they are serving, they must prove it by themselves that the God indeed makes way. You know, you'll be surprised because of this pandemic. I lost in my church about 22 members just this year. 22. Has never happened before. Usually, I will lose members like uh, six, eight on a yearly basis. They'll be migrating to Australia, New Zealand, Canada, or elsewhere. They'll be going back to the Philippines. But this year, in my church, I've lost 22 members. And there are two people still going out, just waiting for the country to reopen, and then they will fly out. So if you'll add that two, waiting to go out, it will be 24. And I was like, Worried, dead worried, Lord, what will happen to the church? I've lost elders, treasurers, group leaders, trained Bible instructors. And now, you know, there are no new Filipinos coming into Singapore because of the restrictions of the borders and the immigrations and even in, in, in uh, working. And so I was like, Lord, help us, Lord. We, you know, you, you have started this church, the Filipino church. I believe that you are in charge of this church. You are in charge. But you know, even though I was worried, just like many of you, uh, even though I was praying, just like many of us, like you are still worried and anxious, right? And then the Lord made miracles. This is the year whereby we have the highest tithes, about the same as your church right now. You are $2,000 ahead of my church unprecedented never happened before it never happened before that the church continued to prosper and continue to have so many bible students in such a time as this we were thinking you know the church may collapse because members are going out you know and it's like 20 percent of my members already including elders leaders 
and treasures. But the Lord made way when there seems to be no way. And so right now, I fully understand that the church is not about me or what I can do, but what the Lord of this church can do. The God who is able to make way when there seems to be no way. You remember Jesus Christ facing impossibilities and yet, you know, there are thousands of people to be fed. God made a way. He could just snap his finger and bread could fall from the space, but he did not. He uses the small, seemingly unimportant ingredient of five loaves and two fishes, and he was able to do the impossible. My dear brothers and sisters, let me just remind you this morning. I do not know exactly what you are facing today. You may be thinking the ship is about to hit the harbor and it will be a shipwreck. You may be thinking, what's beyond tomorrow? God is able to lead the way. And God is able to make way when there seems to be no way. God is not yet done in your life. He is a God who is able to make way for all of us. I like this just one quote from Ellen White. He has provided divine assistance for all the emergencies to which our human resources are unequal. I am a witness of how God can provide assistance for our emergencies by which our human resources are unequal. He will make a way for you. Believe in Him, not in your capacity, not in your ability, but in the ability of the God that you are serving, a God who is able to make a way. Lastly, You'll notice some important words in this narrative. Not only that God leads the way, that God made the way, apparently something else happens. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by, until the whole nation had completed the crossing on the dry ground. It appears that it is of extreme importance to the biblical author to write that, until the whole nation had completed the crossing. It is repeated in uh, chapter 4, verse 10. Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. The priests stayed there, waiting for everyone to cross. The ark of the covenant stayed there. They remained standing. And in verse 11, as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while the people watched. I call that God all the way. God ensured that everybody, everyone will be able to cross the Jordan River. Not only was God leading the way, not only was God making the way, God all the way. God stick with us, stuck with us when we are rebelling against Him, when we are not perfect, when we are sinning. God, you know, sticks with us and ensure and assure us that He will be with us until the end. God all the way. I remember a story I read in one of the books of Rabbi Zachariah. He narrated a story of one of his members in the church who who has their daughter on the other state of the United States flying for the first time. It was about 11 years old. 
And so the, the parents was uh, worried, calling the, the airline staff, call, calling the airport, ensuring that the daughter will be able to make it back home safely. Uh, and so they, they're, they're very anxious, keep calling, keep instructing the young woman on what to do on the airplane, on the, 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 the counter, and so on, and how to check in, and things like that. And uh, one, finally, this young lady, 11 years old, was finally boarded on the plane. Uh, she looked really anxious. And so the guy seated beside her tried to talk to her and said, Hey, is this your first time flying? Oh, yeah, 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 my first time flying. No, I'm so nervous. I'm just, I used to fly with my parents, but this is the first time ever, you know. I like, uh, you know, my, my mom will be here to comfort me, you know, will be chit-chat, and, you know, I'll, I'll be uh, uh, okay. Yeah, where, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to this uh, town. Oh, which, uh, that town, really? You're going to that town? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to that town also. Oh, really? And uh, what's your name? And she said, my, my name is... Uh, uh, Teodora Garcia. Teodora Garcia. She said, oh, you're not. Teodora Garcia, your parents' name is this and this. Yeah, that's my parents. You know, you know I'm, I'm Dr. Uh, so-and-so. I'm Dr. So-and-so. And I'm the one who assisted your mother during your delivery. And you know what? I am the first hand that ever held you when you were born in this world. And so the, the young lady was excited, called the parents, hey, Dr. So-and-so was here with me. Don't, don't worry, guys. I'm okay right now. And, you know, it reminds us one thing. In the midst of our anxiety, depression, and uncertainties of the future, the very hand who first brought us into the world will be with us every step of the way, never leaving you, never forsaking you. One thing I am sure with all the uncertainties going on around us, my dear brothers and sisters, God will lead the way. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. And that the God that you have chosen to serve will be with you all the way. For the Lord your God will be with you, He promised in Joshua 1.9, wherever you go. There will be no place in this world where God will not be with you. God has been with you here in Singapore. He can be with you elsewhere. He can be with you in all your challenges. We call that God who is with us all the way. May the Lord bless you as, meditate, as you meditate upon this message this morning.
Father in heaven, thank you for assuring us that you are with us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And now, people of God, dearly beloved, as you walk out from this church and continue your journey, be assured that God is with you, leading the way, making the way, all the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.